The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Today on the Court TV podcast, the verdict is in on the Michael Draca trial in Florida. How this could impact the future of Stand Your Ground. Plus a sneak peek at Ohio versus Brooke Schuyler Richardson, the former high school cheerleader who is facing murder charges for her newborn's death and an update on the Harvey Weinstein trial. This is the Court TV podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to the first ever Court TV podcast. I'm Seema Iyer. Who are you? I'm Vinnie Politan. This is exciting. This, this is, is really so fun. Yeah, you wanted to do this before even doing like the Court TV television show, right? Seema rolls into town before oh launch God. three months and says, we got to do a podcast. We got to do a podcast. Do you remember I actually mentioned it during my interview? Yeah, probably. And when you made a cameo, they you were, I think, like, you know, there's a, they always send in like the eye candy to, to seal the deal. That's right. So I was the closer. You were the closer. I came in for my interview. Did you sign? Yeah, she I, signed. The, the minute I saw you. Exactly. And, and I did. I mentioned wanting to do a podcast. Right. This is my ultimate favorite medium. All right. So here we are. This is great. And is it because you, you don't have to, like, get all dressed up? Because she is not dressed up. <laughs> Anytime I can come to work with no makeup, you know it makes me very, very happy. All right. Well, this is great. Well, uh, we are coming off a, a huge case down in Florida. Michael Draca, the defendant, uh, the, the verdict is in. This is the case that I called the uh, Trayvon Martin-George Zimmerman trial with a videotape. Yes. Right? Because yes. it was a lot of the same issues involved when you're talking about the victim being an unarmed African-American, the uh, shooters not arrested, there's public uproar, uh, then finally the charges come and finally he is tried. And this one is different, though, because of the videotape. And if folks haven't seen the videotape, you, you take a look at it, it really tells the whole story. I think it was different, though, for a few reasons. And that is because Marquise McLaughlin, the victim, died 28 years old at the time because he was such a big, imposing figure and because of the shove to the defendant, Michael Draca, he was in one way less sympathetic. Because he was so big, he was so hulking. Whereas Trayvon Martin, you know, we look at this. He was a teenager. He was just, yeah, however, he was like a little boy. However, what happened to Trayvon Martin in, in some of the way things were reported, they tried to make him out to be this uh, this thug-like yes. figure. Remember some of his Facebook and Instagram sure. pictures were plastered everywhere. Um, but in the end, the videotape makes it such a different case. Because I, I look at that, that videotape and I say, you know, to me, it, it tells the story because instead of witnesses telling us what happened, instead of the defendant telling us what happened, yeah. we can see what happened. Yes. And and to me, it, it couldn't be clearer. And ultimately, I think that's what swayed this jury to a certain extent. Oh, let's play the verdict. State of Florida versus Michael Draca, case number 1809851CF, as to the charge of manslaughter. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is guilty of manslaughter as charged. Guilty. So he's now facing up to 30 years. And 
you know, going into this, you know, jury selection was a huge part of this case. Of course. We're in Pinellas County. 82.6% Caucasian. Well, the, the jury was at least 82.6% right. Caucasian. Four white men, one Asian man, and then one woman who is described by our Chanley painter as ethnically ambiguous. Right. That's a Chanley painter word, by the way. No, I, th- <laughs> I think it's a great way to, great to describe her because I, I didn't see her. So I, I'm assuming that. So at least 80%, right? Yes. At least 80, maybe a little bit more because of the ambiguity there. But it, it, it didn't matter. It, it didn't play any sort of role. No one can say it played a role in the verdict itself. But this is a case that the country has had eyes on since the occurrence back in July of 2018. And I think when it got time to deliberation, people were scared. People were scared that he was going to be acquitted because of the makeup of the jury. Right. And and it didn't turn out that way. You look at the videotape and Marquise McLaughlin and his and his girlfriend, who he's been with for nine years, raising a family together, living together, they illegally park in a handicapped spot. Marquise and his son, Marquise Jr., go into the convenience store. At that point, the defendant, Michael Draca, approaches Brittany Jacobs, the girlfriend in the car, kind of circles around, and there's a verbal altercation. Some witnesses see it. They go inside the the um the convenience store, Marquise McLaughlin finds out that there's something going on outside. He comes out, and that's where you see in the videotape where he goes straight towards Michael Draca as Brittany Jacobs is getting out of the car and shoves Draca violently to the ground. And then Michael Draca, as he turns over, draws his weapon. And as he draws that weapon, Marquise McLaughlin is backing up. And we counted the steps in yes. the video. Four well, steps. Exactly. So some people said three. I actually said four because it was like one, two, three step together. So it was four steps in my opinion. And I think it's also, and that's why that video was so telling, is that so after the shove, Marquise goes these like these tiny movements forward. But just when Draca is reaching for his side, immediately – he backs Marquise up. is backing up. I think, he's he's, up. I think he sees the, the weapon exposed. So yeah. even before it's drawn, you can see he takes that first step back, and then Michael Drake's arm comes up very quickly, and in one motion, he raises his arm and fires the gun. But as he's doing all of that, Marquise McLaughlin is backing up. In his police interview, Drake has said that uh, Marquise McLaughlin was actually going towards him at the moment he shot, which was... Which is not true. Not true. At all. Completely contradicted by the video. So if we didn't have a video here... I don't know what the jury does. I agree. I, I think that's one of the factors that made this very different than the George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin case. And again, I think I think people are so sick and tired of these cases throughout the country, whether it is a uh, self-defense issue or a stand your ground issue or it's just a white versus black issue. People are sick and tired of these cases. Well, they become headline stories when the victim is shot and killed and they don't have a weapon. That To me, that's, yes. that's sort of, you know, if they have a weapon, it's like all, all bets are off, okay? Someone is carrying a gun, gets shot. Okay, you look at it a little differently. But someone who has no weapon. Now here, he, he did initiate the physical confrontation, which... You know, I looked at that situation and, and I think to myself, because I'm a father, right? I'm, I'm married, all yeah, of that. Yeah. Say, what would I have done? And I don't know. You don't know how you're going to react <laughs> there. However, I do believe in the world we live in, okay? I'm all about self-preservation for myself and my family. Right. So a situation, you, you, I 
look at situations and try not to elevate the level of what is going on. Yeah, you don't want to ratchet up the tension. And you don't know who these other people are. It's the same thing like when yeah. you're driving and someone cuts you off. All right, they cut me off. What am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, that person could be crazy. Yes, I've yes. covered and seen too many of those cases. And in this case, Marquise McLaughlin did not know that Michael Draco was this handicapped spot Self, self-appointed handicapped spot patrolman, Yahoo. Vigilante. Right, who walked oh. around looking for people parking in, in handicapped spots and would approach them and confront them. Hey, I think we should mention that was a really strong a part of the trial is that the prosecution started off with presenting a witness, Richard Kelly, who testified that essentially Drake did the same thing to him five months prior in February 2018. That was huge because the, the jury looked at the video knowing that this wasn't yes. the first time that Drake uh, had done this. And he even said that he couldn't help himself. He told the store owner, because he went to this convenience store all the time, and the, the store owner said, just knock it off. Why are you confronting people? It's, don't do that. And he said, I can't help myself. So there was something, you know, he had someone in his life who was handicapped. I understand that. Ex-wife, yeah. But you've got to put it in perspective. Yeah, there's no... But I also think, and I just want to take a pause because... Uh, Looking at this whole issue and Marquise McLaughlin's actions, okay, people have argued that he would have been charged with an assault, even if it's a misdemeanor assault, a simple assault. My argument if, back— if, if Drake didn't shoot him. If Drake didn't shoot him, right. My response to that is no, he would not have, or his defense— would have been defense of others because, again, he hears something's going on outside. He rushes out. He sees some strange man inches away from his partner of nine years. Two of his children are in the back of his car. He's got another five-year-old behind him in the store. That is defense of others if I haven't heard it. I would have prosecuted him. I, I, I With differed. McLaughlin? I would have, no, Marquise, yeah, I would have, I would have, if there was no shooting, Drake doesn't pull out a gun and he just gets shoved well, and then police show you know up what? and I've got that you videotape. You know what? You know what? I would have defended him and I would have beat you. No, I don't think so. Oh, of course. Please. No way. Please. At the end please. of the Don't embarrass yourself, Vinny. It's day one. Don't embarrass yourself. Come on, seriously. <laughs> Where's the case Get tried? It together. Where's the case tried? Is it tried in Jersey? Oh. Then you got no shot. <laughs> I have Pro Hog I have Pro Hog featured in Jersey. In Jersey, yeah. In Jersey. Not in my county with my people. Anyhow. All right. The, the 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 good news here though is for the McLaughlin family, okay? He's got four children. And at least when they grow up and watch this video on the internet, they will know and understand that the man who shot and killed their father was convicted and justice was served to a certain extent. His father spoke after the verdict. He had been outspoken beforehand. Take a listen. We just want to thank all of you and thank everybody that has been behind us. And please continue to support us because this is this is still not over. It's not over. Now, when he says it's not over, that is yet to be decided. The question is what happens next? We're going to talk about that after this. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front-row seat to justice. This trial, Vinny, just like the George Zimmerman-Trayvon Martin trial, brought stand your ground laws back into the spotlight. Yeah, everybody was saw, everyone was complaining about it. And 
And I think the complaint about stand your ground is when someone claims it, right, and then doesn't get arrested, okay? But not just that. The person who is claiming it initiated the entire confrontation slash situation that led to the shooting, okay? Yes. And, and what I mean is, in the Zimmerman case, George Zimmerman is the one who is following Trayvon Martin in his car because for some reason, Mr. Neighborhood Watchman thinks that Trayvon Martin's up to no good. So he follows him as he's walking. Trayvon Martin runs away from him. Zimmerman pursues him. So in the eyes of the public, George Zimmerman initiated that whole situation. With the Draca case, Michael Drake is the one who pulls up and initiates the confrontation with Brittany Jacobs, who's parked in the handicap uh, spot illegally, and he initiates the confrontation. And when the person initiates, ends up claiming self-defense, stand your ground, and doesn't get arrested, people get outraged. They, you know, they want to pull their hair out, especially when the victim has no weapon. Well, I think people were outraged back then, George Zimmerman, uh, Trayvon Martin trial, but now it's increased to such a degree that, okay, fine, is are, are things finally going to change? There are over 25 states in this country that still have some form of stand-your-ground laws. Uh, let's actually take a listen to the family attorney of Marquise McLaughlin talking about what happens next. People still thought, well, is this a stand your ground case? Is this not a stand your ground case? So, I mean, I think that this kind of reverberates through the state and through through Florida and through Florida and through the nation that, you know, we got to kind of look at this. We got to kind of figure out what's going on with this. So we do. We have to figure out whether stand your ground is appropriate. Now, let's just talk about for our listeners. Let's, let's define it. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's define, define it because okay. it's so, so confusing. It is very confusing. So every state, everywhere in this country and probably the world has some form of self-defense. Stand your ground is an offshoot of the castle doctrine, right? You're the king of your castle. Right. So if someone breaks into my house, I don't have to run away. I can take care of business. I can defend myself and my family, and uh, I have a right to. Exactly. Stand Your Ground expands the Castle Doctrine to say it doesn't have to be just your home. It could be in front of a convenience store. It could be on the street in your neighborhood. If you have a legal right to be where you are, you can defend yourself. Plus, this added element under the stand your ground law is no duty to retreat. I don't have to run away. I don't, I mean, before self-defense, and we learned this in law school years ago, um, self-defense initially, you had to first exhaust every other way to get out of a situation before you could defend yourself. And, and some you, states still have that. Some states still have that. Uh, and like and to, me, to me, that puts a burden on the victim. I don't like that. I don't like a burden on the victim. But this is too far. These stand-your-ground laws are way too far. No, the, 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 the laws are fine. There needs to be one change. What? One change will fix it all like, like that. Oh, you have the answer. You have the magic answer to I've fix the world. I've thought a lot about this. I have the answer. You have a lot of time on your hands. Well, so the, why should I, if I'm walking down the street and some mugger comes up, Right. And, and, and is threatening me and or my family. Why should I not be able to take him out? Why would why you resort not, to to violence before trying got, to get out of it? He's mugging me with a knife or a gun and he's threatening me and my family. Okay, why wait, should I not wait, be able to wait, defend wait, myself wait, wherever wait, I am? On a second, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You could argue just saying, stop, go away, leave me alone. That could be argued as 
a duty to retreat. A retreat. I'm saying if you just try to get away, if you try to end, if you try to end the comfort confrontation, I'm, yeah, well, you I'm could end it. You, hey, listen, Rambo, calm down. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. There's just trying to be reasonable. Nobody wants to be involved, Vinny. If any of us were involved Here's with what, the loss of a life, it would be very hard to get over, even if it was justified. You know who's ruining stand your ground? Criminal defense attorneys. That's I, who's why, ruining. I, I wish because this was you video because your law, fingers are like in my face. You take in a law face. that is well-intentioned, right, to give victims some rights and not to put a burden on a victim, and then the defense attorneys take it and they twist it and they stretch it and, and they use it in a way that it was never, ever intended. But I've got the fix. All right, I'm going to And listen. it has nothing to do I'm with getting attention. rid of all the defense attorneys. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's simple, okay? And and part of the, the stand your ground uh, uh, controversy is, is that people get immunity, right? That's why they don't get arrested because they're claiming stand your ground. They're claiming that I, I was defending myself and the sheriffs and the uh, investigators say, I can't arrest him because he's claiming stand your ground and I can't overcome the burden that I need in order to arrest him. Here's the fix. And, and it's directly related to what happened in Draca and what happened in Zimmerman. If you initiate the confrontation, you are not entitled to any level of immunization or stand your ground rights. Okay. If I, you I, that's initiate right. okay. the confrontation, yes. period. Okay. I think that is part of the solution. I absolutely recognize that. However, what about this whole stand your ground hearings? Should those be eliminated? And they, and just so our viewers understand, this is uh, analogous to just a pretrial hearing before. A, a pretrial hearing to give you immunization yeah. from prosecution and immunization they, from civil lawsuits. Should we get rid of them? No. Why? What this is not like, it's like diplomatic immunity. It's just not fair. Do you know what used to happen? People, a, 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 a criminal would go and attack someone. Someone would fight back, right? And then the then the criminal would sue the victim for civil damages because they lost the fight. Like someone, Wait a minute. You don't need to stand your ground here. You could still have a, a prosecutor. Prosecutors dismiss cases based on self-defense. Yeah, but, but it also gives you immunization from a civil lawsuit. Why should I have to defend myself from a civil lawsuit from some dirtbag criminal who victimized me and or my family? Should not happen. Okay. Okay. I, I, all right. That somewhat makes makes sense. Now, do you think this Michael Draca case? Because again, well, actually, I'm going to ask you this: Do you think that Michael Draca, the case, would have gotten as much attention if there wasn't a videotape? No, it would not have gotten as much. Yeah. The videotape is a game changer in the world we live in because things go viral. It went viral, and people looked at that video. Marquise McLaughlin clearly retreating at the time he is shot is not a threat, and people were, were outraged that he was not arrested. Now, there's a portion of the audience, and I would say even on court TV, you know, reading all the comments and the polls and everything, I would say a good 25 to 35% of the audience looked at that and saw self-defense. And, and to me, that's why we need to change the law, because we've got to get people out of the mindset of, of shoot first. Like Michael Drake, I believe, based upon the testimony I heard, was a guy itching to 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 exercise what he believed were his rights to self-defense, his rights to stand his ground. And in all these confrontations, he he said he was comfortable confronting people because he knew he was packing heat, right? Under my law, Vinny's law, 
Oh, that's a horrible name. That is Can we get, a, a, we get a new name for that law? Under Vinny's law, he would Under not Vinny's be empowered law. because he knows he's initiating the confrontations. So he knows he would not have the right to the stand your ground immunization. So if, if you just would pass my law, Seema, if you would just pass it. <laughs> and then, Like and I'm the, the legislature. But, but you've also got to let the public know about it. You've got to make a big deal about it so the people who have guns, who people who thought they understood stand your ground would now understand the new stand your ground. Because okay. I just don't think someone who initiates a, a confrontation should have those rights because it, 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 it opens a door for yahoos like Draca. Last question. Yes. Do you think that there should be some uniformity throughout this country with respect to self-defense slash stand your ground laws? Because now, like I said, New York still has a duty to retreat. Uh, over 25 states still have stand your ground. What's what's your answer? And then we're that's it. States rights. Oh, yeah. It's the United okay. States of America. Is it really? You know, yes. wait, you know, I'm from a foreign country. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I barely well, speak English. Criminal, Come on. Cr- I, that's one of the things I love about criminal law is how different it is from state to state. There are obviously similarities and, and the constitution is overriding all of them, but everyone in their jurisdiction has the right to figure out what they want to do. Years ago, switching gears here a little bit, Sammy, years ago, there was this case in New Jersey. And this is before I got into the media in the nineties. You remember the nineties, right? It yeah. was, it was known as the prom mom case. There was this. Oh, yeah. Girl who went to the prom, gave birth, killed her baby, got rid of the baby, and then continued remember, yeah. at the prom, was convicted, served, served a bunch of years. Um, there's another case that's the next big trial here on Court TV, has a lot of similarities. Oof, this is rough. 18-year-old girl, Skylar Richardson is her name. It's the next big trial. We're going to talk about that next. Court TV is everywhere. This is Court TV, your front row seat to justice. With live gavel-to-gavel trial coverage. We'll bring you the most compelling trials across our nation. I am a homicidal maniac. On the air, online, in your pocket. You'll see and hear all the evidence. Can you take the hose and squeeze it? And streaming free on Roku, Fire TV, and Apple TV. The verdict is in. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. The next big trial on Court TV is coming up. Jury selection September 3rd. It's out of Ohio. The defendant's name Skylar Richardson, Brooke Skylar Richardson. She was 18 years old, was at the prom, and unbeknownst to, I guess, most of the folks at the prom, she was pregnant. A couple days later, she gave birth. And the question is, did she give birth to a stillborn child or a live child? And the reason that is important is because she has been charged with the murder of that baby. This is such a tragedy. And, you know, people say that she was just like lovely and giving and so many positive things. And and when she speaks to the police, she's just like, oh, yeah, I buried it. I, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Well, this one is is. Tragic on many levels. Now, Skylar Richardson, it's not clear, and, and it seems that she hid this pregnancy. There's a prom photo that's all over the Internet where she's yeah. wearing this red dress, 
And knowing that she's pregnant, I looked at the photo. I say, okay, I see a little bump, but that doesn't look like someone who is just a couple days away from giving birth. I mean, it doesn't even look close to that, at least from my perspective. Right, 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 right. From my history. Right. But also because of her age, because of her size, I mean, all these factors play in. So what, okay, so do you think that she didn't know? Is there, I mean, is, is there surrounding evidence at this point? No, no. She knew she was pregnant. She knew she was this, pregnant. And this is the, the, the most shocking part of the, well, there's a lot of shocking parts to this case and, and a lot of um, really heartbreaking stuff because you're talking about a, a newborn child and you're talking about an 18-year-old. But she knew she was pregnant because she went to a doctor and found out she was pregnant. Okay. 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 Then she stopped going to that doctor. And then a couple months after she gives birth to either the stillborn child or the live child who she murdered, she goes back to that doctor and admits to the doctor that she buried the child. So her own doctor is the one who makes the call to police. Really? And it's coming in. Well, okay. At trial. Can we, this is a good, uh, I think, sidebar to include. So there is this doctor-patient privilege, confidentiality or whatever, but uh, the doctors, like teachers in schools and, uh, yeah, people in the hospital, they're all mandatory reporters. So if you know about a crime um, or someone being injured or, or... or someone in danger or a child in danger, like a baby danger, you are obligated to report it. Right. So, so the doctor reports that the child was buried. Now, remember there was the first visit to the doctor. Yeah. Okay. So there were conversations between patient and doctor in that visit. And when she found out that she was pregnant, the doctor says that she was not happy did not want to have that child and was upset to the point that the doctor was somewhat concerned about the baby, but not concerned enough to make a call at that moment. And and how she was, uh, was she 17 or 18 at the time? 18. So why didn't, okay, so she was an adult, so that's why he didn't have to call anybody. Here's the, the, the kicker, though. That conversation, the first one that she yeah, had, yeah. that's coming into the trial also. I think it should. Do right. you not? Well, the the a trial judge did not think so, but the appellate court said yes. So the conversation that she has where she does not want to have that baby, and it's clear to the doctor so much so that he is concerned about the welfare of the unborn child, but doesn't call authorities, doesn't doesn't do anything about See, it. I think as a mandatory reporter, or the fact that uh, the baby's health could have been in jeopardy, he should have called. He didn't. Wait, wait, did the trial court think that it was privileged? Yes, the first conversation yeah, yeah. privileged, but the second conversation not privileged. Yeah. So no, I don't think you could even do that with privilege. So at this point, the 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 key witness against Skylar Richardson is her own doctor. Good. Good. Yes. Absolutely. You know right? what? He should be prosecuted. Why didn't he call after the first? Now you want to prosecute the doctor? I do. I really do. I really do. There's what? a friggin' dead baby. Yeah, I want to prosecute the doctor. I, I I don't know if I want to. I want to hear his testimony about what exactly she said, what exactly his response was, because it's it's a that's a fine line for a doctor, where they've got to walk this fine line between 
what is privileged, what is not, what is actually a, a danger, what is not here? Okay, hold on. We as lawyers, you don't want to criminalize that. No, no, but I just want to let's just explore this. As lawyers, we have access to, uh, let's say, the ethics board of the state. Okay, so let's just say if you're a prosecutor or defense attorney, you will have someone to talk to and say, listen, I'm in a situation where I don't know if this is the right thing to do. All I'm saying is I hope this doctor consulted someone else if he was on the line of that ethical dilemma because, Vinny, and it is important because if you really are going to look at this doctor and the propriety of his actions, you have to uh, ask him, hey, did you talk to anyone? Did you think that you should? I mean, this is all going to come out of the trial. Oh, it's going to be, I think it'll be a big part of cross-examination that, you know, if 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 he says he was concerned but he didn't do anything, that's much better for her. Yeah. Yeah. That her statements weren't so outrageous. Um, so that'll be a huge issue in this case. That'll be one of the key witnesses. Obviously, the family who was around her, classmates who witnessed her, where was she? And, and the defense of the child was stillborn. By the time they recover the remains, it's it's not clear in cause of death. So even proving that the child was ever alive is going to be a challenge for the prosecution here. Do they know how old the child was? The child was like a few months. Well, the the child was buried, either stillborn or murdered immediately, right right. right after birth. No, but what I'm saying is, so, you know, in this day and age, if you have, like, if you go to the hospital and have a baby that's three or four months old, they put in the incubator and, you know, take care of it right away. It can survive. I think it was full term. I think the baby was full term. I believe the baby was full term. Right. So basically, basically anything... The baby would have had a chance to live in this day and age, I would argue, anything over four or five months. Sure, sure. Let alone eight or nine. Yeah. So it's 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 a tough case for the prosecution. Um, but at the end of the day, as you, as you look at what the allegations are here, murdering a newborn. So you, you know, can it, live your life as the former high school cheerleader and go on with your life. I mean, it, it, on the one hand, she could be very sympathetic in that she's young, but very unsympathetic in that she was living this great life. She had she's great superficial. parents. She was superficial. She cared about being popular, being pretty, and didn't care about anything of substance. And there are just people out there like this. And and that's where I think the prosecution is going to go. Why? We, are we calling her prom mom again? I No, because she does not give birth at the prom, well, but why? she was just, pregnant at the prom. And there's, could, a, and there's a prom picture that everyone has looked at and said, oh, yeah, it's obvious she's pregnant. Some people have said that. I look at it and I say, it's not obvious that she's pregnant, but it, it's you can see it because it's this, this red form-fitting dress, and that's what blew up again on, on the World Wide Web. On the interwebs. Well, she was a cheerleader, so you can call her pom-pom mom. That just I'm just throwing it out there for you. You are throwing it out there. I will not take the bait. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Okay. All right. I'll let you name 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 the trial. Um, at the end of the day, though, she's facing aggravated murder. September third, jury selection begins. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. Okay. So next up, we have some breaking news in the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Oh, you're not going to believe this. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. 
catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. Vinny, there's been some breaking news this week in the Harvey Weinstein scandal. I know you have already packed your bags. You got that toothbrush, your I was, I, I hair was looking... gel, your little makeup kit, and you were ready to go because we were this trial was supposed to start September 9th. Yeah, I was, I was going to spend fall in the uh, city and uh, be back in the old stomping grounds, but it's not it's not going to happen apparently. Wait. What stomping grounds? New Jersey, because oh. yeah, yeah, the the trials in New York. But come on, who go goes up boys? there to go? No, yeah, I'm gonna go go see cross the river through the tunnel, B and T through the tunnel. See, see my boys. boys, exactly. So, well, Vincent, um, unpack your bags because we have now we have a little time. There was some breaking news this week in the Harvey Weinstein case. Okay, so Harvey Weinstein and his legal team, the whole kit and caboodle, go to court, and guess what? There's a new indictment. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it's not awesome. This is not justice. There's, this is not awesome. Okay, let me just give some background, all right? So I'm sure, and this is not a dig on your Italian roots, but I'm sure you were a fan of The Sopranos. Of course I was. Okay, right. So it is kind Although of Although I dig. call them The Sopranos. Oh, The Sopranos. So, Vinny, there was uh, some breaking news a few weeks ago, and that is Judge Burke, who's presiding over this trial, he ruled that actress Annabella Ciora from The Sopranos. Yes, and many other great movies and shows. <sighs> Mr. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Matt Dillon. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Great. Great subway scene. Uh, anyway, so uh, Annabella Ciora was ruled that she could not testify as a witness. So back in April, on April 26, there was this closed-door hearing where the judge decided what witnesses would testify in support of the victim's from the trial. So these are other accusers, but not part of the actual indictment. These are people who are other alleged victims of Harvey Weinstein to show sort of a pattern exactly. by Weinstein and what he does with his robes and hotel rooms and whatnot. Exactly. Very much like the Cosby trial. The second Cosby trial brought exactly. in other accusers. So after that hearing, uh, you know, there was a lot of speculation on who else would testify because as the indictment stands, there are only two accusers. One is from 2006 and one is from 2013. So just recently, this was just the first week of August where Judge Burke said, no, Annabella Ciora is out. The week after, there were, there were reports from the New York Post that said the DA is going back into the grand jury and she's going to try to get a new indictment. This is where it gets a little confusing because this new indictment that I have in my hot little hands is the same exact crime on the old indictment, and that is predatory sexual assault. What's predatory sexual assault? So basically, predatory sexual assault is a sex, a serious sex crime, but there has to be one or more additional persons. So it's just the pattern. Predatory sexual assault is basically the umbrella, and underneath it, there are underlying crimes. To get a conviction of predatory sexual assault, you need one or more additional persons. So you need at least two, the jury to believe that there are two victims of Harvey Weinstein, then he can be labeled a predator, and then he faces, what, life in prison for that top charge. That's right. Now, Vinny, what happens if this jury doesn't believe Miss 2006 or Miss 2013? 
then it's not guilty on the big charge. Exactly. So I think that the prosecutors got nervous and they said, wait a minute, we need more evidence. And who better than a bona fide celebrity, uh, someone who's incredibly likable, a New York girl. So this is where it gets really interesting. And that's Annabelle Ciora. Annabelle Ciora. Now, her accusation against Harvey Weinstein, that occurred in 1993. He cannot be charged with that crime because of the statute of limitations that existed in 1993. So now the statute of limitations, it doesn't even matter. Okay, it matters about 1993. And I think back then it was like 20 or 25 years. So the bottom line is he can't be charged with that rape. However, because the statute for predatory sexual assault says against one or more additional persons, that means that the grand jury to indict on that count just has to hear evidence from one or more additional persons. Regardless of when it happened. Exactly. So the new indictment would be still the predatory sexual assault. So that's like the big ticket item, the umbrella. Life in prison. Life in prison. And underneath that, you have a crime. There's a few crimes charged for one accuser, 2006, and a few crimes charged for the 2013. And basically they're rape and criminal sexual assault. So one is like oral sex and one is um, sexual intercourse. And those, I can't believe it, but those crimes, the minimum's only five years. So now you can see the motivation by the prosecutors. Right, because they want to lock him up for life. Now, so, but there's not a separate charge for Annabella Sciorra because it was 1993, but she sort of becomes part of the charge for the predatory conduct that is alleged. And I think for prosecutors, this, this would be a huge win. I don't know who the other two accusers are, but I know who she is. Yeah. And, and you know, when you talk about celebrities in court and credibility through the years, I've just seen whether they're accused of a crime or accusing someone of a crime, the juries believe celebrities. Well, and you know For what? whatever reason, Vinny, they do. Vinny, it's not, she's not just, I think, a celebrity, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying, but the fact is because she's always come across as someone who's likable and credible through her characters, plus she will be able to say that since 1993, and if you look back, like if you just look back at the history of her movies and television, you will see a marked decrease in her visibility after 1993. And reports say that she will explain how the repercussions after being raped by Harvey Weinstein changed the entire trajectory of her career. Who's not going to believe that? Yeah. Now, here's the here's the question, because in, in cases where someone with money is accused of a crime, the issue always is, are these people accusing the rich person of a crime? Do they have separate civil actions? Is it like... Um, Helen Winslow II said, a money grab? Yeah. Is, is there anything along those lines that the defense is going to use to cross-examine these accusers or Annabella Ciora? Okay. Um, yeah. No, you you actually brought something up really important that I forgot to mention, and, I, and I'll address what you just said. So the first thing is, I believe, from speaking to parties involved— that the prosecution was getting nervous about one of their victims, so either the 2006 or 2013, because there are emails and or text messages between Harvey Weinstein and that person that indicate uh, consent. 
that there was a relationship and there was some. Oh, type that's of a consent. huge problem. Okay, so that's why I think because people are saying, wait a minute, you had Annabella Sewer. you've you've had her for years. Why did why did you wait till now to represent the case to the grand jury? That could be the reason they're scared. Number one, number two is uh, one of the accusers, either 2006 or 2013, is represented by Gloria Allred, and I don't know for a fact that there's a civil lawsuit, but there could be. So that's addresses your issue. Absolutely. The other uh, factor in terms of credibility of witnesses. So the witnesses that will testify in support, a la Cosby, we don't know, but some of them may be involved with civil lawsuits. Because as it stands now, okay, there are criminal actions, civil actions against Harvey Weinstein. There are state actions. There are federal actions against Harvey Weinstein. There are, oh, New York, London, Scotland Yard. You know, that's a real thing, Vinny. Scotland, Scotland Yard, actually, they opened their investigation against Harvey Weinstein before Los Angeles did. Where is Hollywood? Yeah. Well, Scotland Yard's on top of this. Uh, you know these British people. They just do not play. <laughs> I trust the British. I trust a man with a British accent, but that's a separate podcast. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm not taking it. I'm not. I'm not going to follow that up with some question about <laughs> okay. some guy so, in wait. England. No. So, okay. Not, okay. 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 But what, but I, what I will say though is that people who have been um, victims of crimes are entitled to to civil lawsuits. There's there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, there's something very right with that. Right. If someone has criminally harmed me, I should be able to sue them for all the damages that I have sustained as a result of your criminal behavior. Um, the problem is the way juries interpret it and the way good criminal defense attorneys make it look like a money grab. That's, 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 the, that's the danger. All right. Well, before we wrap up our inaugural episode, let's actually listen to a bit of sound from, and this is Harvey Weinstein's lead counsel, on the steps of the courthouse right after she was in court. And uh, I'm telling you, Vinny, she is coming to play. The trial has been delayed. The judge just set a new trial date of January 6th. And that delay, you can thank the prosecutor's office for because we were ready, willing, and able to try this case September 9th as charged. And in this 11th hour attempt, we now are in a position where Mr. Weinstein has rights and under the uh, CPL statutes in New York, Mr. Weinstein has 45 days to respond to these new charges. The government then can respond in kind. And so now our new trial date is January 6th. So there you have it. She's aggressive. She is aggressive. and Blaming I've, the prosecution. I, I like that. Listen, I've spoken to her several times. She is very smart. She's very dedicated. And above all, she thinks she can win this. Really? Uh, like not just like uh, no no Vinny I'm gonna I mean, win this Vinny I've it, it's different I think in my opinion when you speak to someone you watch a press conference or you see them on TV but you right you hear their the voice show. right I hear her voice on the phone talking to me well she knows all the evidence in the case right she'll have yeah. access to all the discoveries so she knows the, the potential weaknesses the communications and. and and this would be a fascinating case. I have no idea how it turns out. You know, people say, oh, it's Harvey Weinstein. You know, yeah, he's guilty. There's, you know, 90 women or whatever that have come forward. At the end of the day, the jury bases a, a verdict on what they hear inside a courtroom. And what is heard inside a courtroom sometimes is much different than what is talked about in the court of public opinion. 
Exactly. So now for our viewers and our listeners and everybody involved, the next trial date is January 6th. Whether that'll happen is to be determined. But you know what? We are going to keep you updated on the Weinstein case. We got a Weinstein timeline on CourtTV.com. We got an article. I wrote an article about... You're writing articles on this, I'm writing articles on this uh, about how it all started and uh, and then I'm also going to have an explainer on this indictment situation because there are a lot of questions and people want to understand it. And then we'll post the indictments, motion to consolidate, just legal nerd out. So everything Weinstein is on CoreTV.com. Yeah, and- I should start writing things too, but I'm not. Not yet. <laughs> I'm just talking five hours a day. I should you. start writing things. I should. But I'm not going to write er- things. Yeah. No, I'm working on that book. Don't worry about it. Hey, don't forget, if you, if you like this podcast, right? Or if you love this podcast, please support us with a review and uh, share us on your social media. And just tell, tell a few friends. Tell a few friends. And tell them to tell a few friends. Please. And there we go. We need it. This was fun. This is so fun. And, uh, oh, yeah, we get to do this again next week. We do. Uh, I'm going to wear makeup next week. <laughs> it's for fun. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.